Hello and welcome to the River and Panhandle's weekly podcast. We are so excited that you are tuning in for this week's message. Before we get started, there are a few things that we would love for you to do. Share it, subscribe, and rate the podcast. So the message is about to begin. We hope that you are encouraged and that you always remember, no role is insignificant. Every life matters and go out and make a difference. legacy and we've walked through some really essential kind of things that we want to push others to not just leave behind but we've we've talked about uh, truth we've talked about empathy uh, we've talked about grace and this morning um, I'm both excited and a little anxious because what I want to lead us into today is kind of one of those messages it's really beautiful and, and, and righteous and good and right, but it's also, it, it can be incredibly intimidating and kind of one of those things we hear and we know, but we just have to talk about it as God's people. I want us to talk about the legacy of others first, where we grow and we learn to put others before ourselves. This is so counterintuitive to our nature. It's just the opposite of the way we're designed. So our sin nature makes us look out for number one. Now we've all seen, you know, and heard the, the slogans, the campaigns, the commercials. You know, you gotta you gotta stand up, you know, for your rights. You gotta, you know, you gotta, like the army used to say, uh, be all you can be. You know, go for the gusto. Like you, and you want to protect what is yours. That's intuitive to our nature. What is not intuitive is stepping back out of that place and putting someone else in front of yourself. All right? Like yesterday, I let the loafings go ahead of me in line at Bikini Bottoms. That was incredibly selfless of me. <laughs> it really wasn't. But putting others before yourself, by the way, Malia, my um, coconut cream pie, there's ice cream in it. You guys need to go to Bikini Bottoms and get some shaved ice snow cone. It is killer, right? And we want Malia to stay open. So go spend some money. All right, commercial over. So we don't enjoy putting other people first. But in the relationship and the economy and the, the spirit of God, It's what he asks of us. We want to put others first so that we can glorify God with the way we live. And it's just not comfortable. It's not always a comfortable place to be. Um, We know this is of God because when the Sanhedrin, the spiritual leaders, the keepers of the law in first century Jerusalem, when they had heard Jesus teaching, keep in mind, as they followed him and they had their spies listening and watching and following Jesus as he taught, they believed what he was teaching was heresy because it violated some of the laws that they lived for, that they lived their whole life, dedicated their lives to. And so as Jesus is 
telling people to rise and walk, to, to have faith, to live by faith, they're saying, no, it is to live by law. You have to obey the law or you are not in right standing with God. And so they approached Jesus and we, we find this passage. Uh, we're going to spend more of our time really this morning in Ephesians 4, but in Matthew 22, we, we hear this dialogue between Jesus and the Sanhedrin when they say, teacher, tell us what is the greatest commandment in the law. Verse 37, and he said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Verse 38, this is the great and first commandment. Now park on that for just a second. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. This is the greatest commandment. Got it. We know. Love God first. Love Him most. Love God. Be obedient. Be faithful. Check. Verse 39. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Screech tires on the pavement. I get loving God, but I'm not really sure about loving others, especially those people, if you're a Sanhedrin, especially those people who don't obey God like I do. You with me? Jesus says, it's just like the first one. Verse 40, on these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Now, one of the primary truths or the, the primary tenets of Christian faith is that we love God and we serve God. Now, loving God comes sort of okay and comfortably to us. God saved me from my sin. He is the creator. He's the author. He is the ruler of the universe. I can love God because he's worthy of love. Fair enough. But loving others, now, hang on to that just a minute. Because let's be honest, there are people who are just not very lovable. Am I right? You may be sitting next to one of them. I don't know. But there are people in our world that are just not very lovable. Some of you are looking around like... <laughs> I'm not targeting anybody. Except us, because loving other people like we love ourselves is completely foreign to us. It's not comfortable. It's not easy. It's not desirable. Putting others first is just as great an expectation of God for us in our lives as it is to love Him. You are uniquely created with one chief calling on your life, and that is to worship God above all else. Anything else we put in front of him is an idol. But to love others, if Jesus said loving others is just as important as loving God, now we have to dig down into that and say, what does that mean? How do we do that? What does that look like in my life? Let, let me phrase it this way. I'll throw this up on the screen. You can give 
without loving other people. But you cannot love without giving. Jesus Christ made this so clear for us. When he stepped down out of heaven, he could give himself to us and and he could ask us to give ourselves to others. He could set the example of making sacrifice and serving other people. And then he could ask us, you you can make a sacrifice and serve other people. And you could do that all day long without true love in your heart. You don't have to love them to give to them. You can make contributions to charitable organizations, nonprofit, and get the tax exempt but not really do that out of love. You with me? The same motivation rings true in our hearts. When when we even talk at the church about giving of our time, our talent, and our treasures. So when we talk about serving other people, we're not just inviting you to come show up on a Sunday morning and walk babies around and maybe change a diaper or give them a snack or play with them or keep them entertained while mommy and daddy are worshiping. We're asking you to invest yourself into that child, to love them with the heart of someone not related to them. And when you do that, it is an act of God's love. It's us pouring ourselves into other people. When we talk about giving financially around here, it's not a duty that we're asking you to do so that you can meet a need so that we can pay some bills or do some exciting things. It's an invitation to delight in what God is doing here at the river and around the world. It's an invitation to step into what God wants for the world, not just to do something because it's a check mark that you can put in your life. We're asking you to see the heart of God and contribute to what God is doing. And then we're all a part of God's work in the world. You see that? And so I'm here this morning to ask you not only to come and to serve and to be a part of the ministries at the river, I'm asking you also to give sacrificially and cheerfully and watch God use that to bring people to Jesus and change people's lives for the better. But I'm also asking you to step into this place with God where your love for him runs so deep that you can't help but serve others because you love God. You with me? to show compassion in the world, to fight for people, to stand up for the underdog, to step in and care for the people who can't take care of themselves, to give sacrificially of your time, your talents, and your treasure to show God's love to other people. You see what I mean? It's, it's, like it, it's a normal part of following Jesus, but it's also super uncomfortable to step back and look at your own life and go, how am I serving others with my life? We spend so much of our lives giving because it feels good. And I think the call, the challenge from God's word to love God with all your heart, soul, your mind, and your strength 
and also to love your neighbor just like you love yourself or more than you love yourself. All of that, when it's put into the blender of our lives, it ends up looking like this beautiful cocktail of devotion, not just to people, but to God. (laughs) We serve God by serving others. More on that in just a minute. And I'm not just talking about big things. And I'm not just talking about little things that are easy either. I heard a quote this week, and, and I don't know who said it, but it says, you, you can, or I'm sorry, small deeds done are better than great deeds planned. Doing something small for someone else is greater than having a big vision and an ambition and a desire to do something special. We do small things and it's tangible, it's practical, it's real, and we meet needs and people feel loved by that. Small deeds done are greater than big things planned. That's good, right? So, If that is the commandment from God, from Jesus, to love God more than we love ourselves, to love others more than we love ourselves, to worship Him, then how? How does that happen practically in our lives? This is where I want us to look at Ephesians 4 together. Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 3. And I want us to find in this text, I want us to find what it means to be not just kind to other people, but to be set apart by God to be a person of peace, generous, kind, selfless, sacrificial person who meets others' needs, who puts others first so that we can put God first in our lives. Ephesians 4, therefore, I therefore, as a prisoner For the Lord, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. To walk in a manner worthy of the calling you have received. You have been set apart by God through Jesus to be different in the world. And so as a prisoner for the Lord, Paul is saying, I urge you to live a life worthy of this calling. Watch this, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in what? Say it out loud. Love. You can love others without loving God. But you cannot love God without loving others. Right? That, that just messed some of us up in this room. I mean, if we're being honest. Look, sometimes, even if, if other people are loving or lovable or lovely, some of you just don't like to love other people. You just don't like people. I get that. I'm the opposite. I'm super weird in my house, Right? Like, I'm people, people, people. Let's hang out. I want to hang out. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Ashley's like, uh, let's stay at home and just be together. It's fine, right? You like being around people also, but not like I do. 
We're just wired differently. And it's okay. Some of you are wired differently than the person or the people that you love. You cannot love God without loving others. And what I mean by that is, it's not just the idea that you care about or that you love other people because God loves them. It's expressly giving, meeting needs, being where people are so that you can step out of your world, your life, and go care for other people. It's you putting other people in your life before you, even when they don't deserve it. Mm, I know that stung. Stings me every day. Why? Because by my nature, for almost all of my life, I am a completely selfish person. I just am. You probably are too. Because you want to choose to do things that meet your needs, scratch your itches, that give you happiness, that fill your cup. Maybe instead of stepping out of that and going, finding a way to meet somebody else's needs. It's hard, isn't it? It's just hard. I, I, this, isn't a, this wasn't a hard thing. This is an easy call. Yesterday morning, uh, we, we, we got up and we were just kind of hanging at our house. This is our Saturday morning, right? Right. We, we drink coffee and sitting. We have this oversized chair. It's phenomenal. I'm a big guy, right? And we have this oversized chair that both Ashley and I can fit in. Yeah, she's got that much, you know, and I've got. And, and then our dogs are there. And we're just, that's just kind of our Saturday morning routine. And then she says, hey, what if we work on the bonus room? Like getting it cleaned up. We moved here, you know, five months ago and it's still not unpacked. And I was like, eh. Took us a minute to get there. And then finally I said, well, before we can do that, we got to go straight in the garage because I got to go make room for all this stuff. And before I know it, she's totally manipulated my Saturday. I'm just kidding. Before I know it, we, we have decided, okay, we're going to go straight in the garage. We're going to clean and organize the garage so that we can make room for the stuff at the bonus room. And that's what we do. We get on it. And then all of a sudden, it dawns on me. Hey, it's rained for like 40 days straight, Noah, right? And we, my, my grass, my grass is now 11 inches tall. Thank you so much, Luke, right? And this, this thing needs to be mowed. Um, and so I was like, it's dry today. The grass is reasonably dry. So I get out and I start mowing and I mow and, and the front yard looks pretty amazing if you ask me. And we've cleaned the garage, straightened some of the bonus room. I've mowed and it's just been this long day. And then I get a call from Ann Metcalf. And Ann Metcalf tells me, hey, Joyce Little, her daughter, who's been in a nursing facility, they've given her 24 hours to live. And it was a no-brainer. I'm exhausted from all my incredible work. But I'm going to go see Joyce Little and her family because it's the right thing to do. 
And so I drive to Amarillo. I get hailed on on the way there. Go over and I get to spend some time with Joyce and her family and then get to pray over them. And the joy and the thanksgiving in Joyce Little's face. (laughs) You can't buy that, right? It was not a big thing. This is why I'm here. It's what I'm supposed to do as a pastor. It's also what you're supposed to do. Even when you're tired and you don't really want to and you've got a lot of other things on your mind, you stop what you're doing and you go care for other people because it's what God wants for you. Do you hear me? Not from you. It's what He wants for you to experience that kind of satisfaction that kind of giving, that kind of devotion to God, to others, that you stop what you're doing and go meet a need because it makes the heart of God rejoice. It also makes your heart rejoice. Because then you can walk away and you say, man, I've worshipped God here today. And it ain't even Sunday morning. And you didn't have to take a shower and get dressed up. You're worshiping the heart of God by loving other people. This is the way God rigged the system for us. (laughs) To put others first. It's good stuff, right? Your toes hurt a little bit? Mine too. Because I don't choose this every day for my life. We, with humility and gentleness, with patience, Bearing with one another in love. I would would suggest out of that, Paul says, therefore as a prisoner for the Lord, what he means is, I've canceled out the dreams and the ambitions and the needs of my own life, and I've said, God, whatever you want for me, that's what I want for me. Psalm 37.4. Delight yourself in the eyes of the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Does not mean when you're right with God, you get what you want. What it means is when you walk with God in righteousness and you understand His ways and you see His face and you live in that glory and you carry that joy in your life, your desires become His desires. And what is His desire? His desire is that we love others more than we love ourselves. Isn't that good? As a prisoner for the Lord, I think Paul would also say to you and me, the measure, the strength, the goal of your life is not how many people serve you. (laughs) The ambition of your life should be how many people can I serve? That's good, right? (laughs) He goes on in verse 3 of Ephesians 4 to say, we're loving, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. What does it look like to be at peace with God? What does it look like to be at peace 
with others. It, it, it means we serve God by serving others. We love God by loving others. We are right with God when we are right with others. We give to God when we give to others. Here's the crazy thing. Like I said earlier, loving God or worshiping God is almost, it, 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 it's, it's almost intuitive when we become Christians because now we know that God is the one who saved us and we worship him because he's worthy of that. But what we forget from time to time is that it, it causes a, a big question in us that loving God seems right, but loving others is extremely painful because it costs us something, time, talent, or treasure. And we spend so much of our lives just passing other people by who are in desperate need of a love touch from God. But because God is invisible to us, we don't always think about us being the way that God wants to love, touch somebody else's life. You with me? Loving God may be intuitive to our saved souls, but God is not visible. He's not tangible to us. Therefore, the way we serve and love and, and honor and care for and meet need for the heart of God is by giving serving, loving, meeting needs for other people. You following me? You don't see him. And let's be honest, there's nothing we have to offer God that he has not already fulfilled in his own life, his own person, his own Godship. You can't do anything for God that he can't do for himself. But what you can do is be tangible, real, loving person who meets needs for other people because you are the way God has chosen to do that for the world. You with me? This is why this legacy of others first is so crucial because if you are that way, but the people in your life behind you are not that way, then the work of God will stop the legacy of others first means we push our children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, the people in our lives that we love, we push them to serve others, to meet other needs for people, to care for people. We push them to do that so that the work of God keeps going in the world. You and I are God's plan A. He chose you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. See how that works? We serve God by serving others. You know the story. You remember the, the Samaritan man on the side of the road, the crippled guy in Scripture? The parable that Jesus told about the Samaritan, you know what I'm talking about? Please, somebody, anybody, yeah, okay. 
We're going to start Sunday school if you don't, right? <laughs> kidding. We, I'm kidding. We, we know the st- story. We're familiar of that, but watch this. So the, the priest and the Levite, they pass him by, right? And then who stops for the crippled man? It, 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 was, it was the Samaritan, the guy that didn't really fully, completely understand all of God's ways or his laws, maybe, because he didn't have the teaching that these others had. They had the law. He might not have really understood that because he wasn't a Jew and he's kind of dirty. But he stopped to help. You remember the story now? But watch this. So when the priest and the Levite stopped or did not stop, the question in their mind was, if I stop, what's going to happen to me? I'm going to be looked down upon. I'm going to be judged. I might be kicked out of my my order. I might be denied my priestly position. I might be hurt and injured and killed myself by the pirates that hurt this man. The Samaritan, when he saw the crippled, injured man on the side of the road, he didn't ask, if I help him, what's going to happen to me? He said, if I don't stop and help him, what's going to happen to him? That's the heart of God. That is the gospel where Jesus Christ looked at you and me and he said, if I don't step out of heaven and into their world, what's going to happen to them? He didn't fear what was going to happen to himself. You with me? This is why Jesus said the first commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. And the second one is just like it. Love your neighbor more then you love yourself. Put others first. That's the heart of God. It's not a duty. It's a delight. As the worship team comes back up, a couple things are about to happen. Now, I want you and me, I want you and me to take a moment and we're going to pray for a couple of things. You have big needs, and we're going to pray for you as well. But I want us to spend a season in prayer here together. And I want us to pray for Joyce Little and her family and for Charlotte as she runs into the arms of Jesus. And I also want us to give thanks for Riley. You know Dustin Bowerman that plays drums? Zay, sometimes his son play. Dustin's daughter, Riley, you may know, had surgery last week to release some pressure in her skull. And she came out, and by the grace of God, she is up and recovering and healing. And we praise Jesus, and we thank you, because that's a scary, hard deal. And we want to pray for Riley and for Dustin, his family. And we want to pray for Joyce Little and her family. And I want you to join me in prayer as we do that Let me just remind us, Mark 10, 45, Jesus said, the Son of Man did not come to be served, 
but to what? But to serve. Jesus came to earth not to be served, but to serve. That is why we want to pray, put others first, and in just a moment, sharing communion. Will you pray with me? I just want to invite you to make your seat, your place, your wherever you are, make that place an altar. Let's pray together. God, we hurt with Joyce Little today. We know her heart is hurting. There's sadness. There's, there's fear, of course. But God, she knows that her daughter Charlotte is your child, your daughter, and she is running into your arms. And we just pray peace over that family. God, as they say goodbye to mom, sister, aunt, grandma, God, we just pray Your perfect touch on their lives to heal and to restore. God, give Charlotte her new body. Receive her. Set her free, God. God, we know there are worse things in life than death. To be with You. Oh, what a great privilege. Set her free today. God, I pray for their hearts that they can rest in You to see Your mercy and feel Your warmth. God, we rejoice today with little Riley. God, You have begun the healing work in her life. God, You got her through the surgery and the pain of all that, the fear of all that. Dustin's heart... God, that family's heart putting Riley into that surgery. Oh God, I can't even imagine the fear and the anxiety of that. But you have delivered God. I pray that you continue to work in her. Continue to heal her body. Let her see your hand and know it is you who gave her new life. God, I pray that we would rejoice with them. God, our legacy of empathy. This is our moment to rejoice with those who rejoice, to mourn with those who mourn. God, we trust You. I thank You also, God, for Joyce Little's sacrifice. I know how much she loved Charlotte, but she took her into her own home to care for her until she could not any longer God, I know it's because she loved her so deeply. And I know she would do the same for others because that's who she is. Praise you, God. I pray today in this room that you do a surgery of sorts in our lives where you make us see that you're the giver, you're the author, you're the lover, you're the kindness, you are the grace God, You have given us new life in Jesus. Let us love others, serve others, give to others with Your heart, God. Be satisfied 
by us. Be pleased by us. God, let us put others before ourselves, even when it doesn't feel good or right. Help us, God. God, we love you. Thank you for hearing us this morning. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And that's this week's message. We hope that you are encouraged and inspired. If you would like to join our online campus and experience the service as it happens live, go follow us on Facebook or YouTube by searching The River in Panhandle, Texas. Have an amazing and blessed week.